Welcome to this episode of Planting Seeds. I'm Keith Jones, the preaching minister of Calera Church of Christ, and I've prepared a short message from Scripture that's intended to be the planting of a seed that, if cultivated, will in time produce fruit in the lives of the listeners. Now, let's get started. Shine upon you and be gracious and give you peace. In this episode, we'll continue our study of the book of Romans, looking at Romans chapter 6. If you have a Bible with you, follow along while I read. What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who died to sin still live in it? Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death in order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. For if we have been raised with him in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. We know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing, so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. For one who has died has been set free from sin. Now if we have died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. We know that Christ, being raised from the dead, will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death he died, he died to sin once for all, but the life he lives, he lives to God. So you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal bodies to make you obey its passions. Do not present your members to sin as instruments for unrighteousness, but present yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and your members to God as instruments for righteousness. For sin will have no dominion over you, since you are not under law, but under grace. What then? Are we to sin because we are not under law, but under grace? By no means. Do you not know that if you present yourselves to anyone as obedient slaves, you are slaves of the one whom you obey, either of sin, which leads to death, or of obedience, which leads to righteousness? But thanks be to God that you who were once slaves to sin have become obedient from the heart to the standard of teaching to which you were committed, and, having been set free from sin, have become slaves of righteousness. I'm speaking in human terms because of your natural limitations. For just as you once presented your members as slaves to impurity and to lawlessness, leading to more lawlessness. So now present your members as slaves to righteousness, leading to sanctification. For when you were slaves of sin, you were free in regard to righteousness. But what fruit were you getting at that time from the things of which you are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. But now that you have been set free from sin and have become slaves of God, the fruit you get leads to sanctification and its end, eternal life. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Back in Romans chapter 3, verse 8, Paul had said that he had been accused of saying that we should do evil so that 
God would do more good so that more good would come. He then began to defend his teaching of justification by faith and contrasted that to the teaching of those who say that we're justified by keeping the law of Moses. When he got to chapter 5, verses 20 and 21, he seems to be repeating the teaching that's been getting him into trouble. He says, now the law came in to increase the trespass, but where sin increased, grace abounded all the more, so that as sin reigned in death, grace also might reign through righteousness, leading to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So the question that may arise from that is, does it matter what type of life we lead? If our sin is causing God's grace to be more abundant, aren't we actually helping God out by sinning? It enables him to show more and more grace. But Paul is going to let us know in chapter 6, if that's what we take out of his teaching, we've missed the point entirely. It does matter what kind of life we live. And twice in chapter 6, he lets us know that grace does not make it okay for us to sin. And to make that point, he says, all you've got to do is remember your baptism. What happened at baptism? In verse 3, he says, don't you know or don't you remember that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Two points there. One, our baptism put us into Christ, where salvation is. And secondly, our baptism was a participation in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. In verse 4, he says, We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. What Paul is describing here and elaborates on in other writings of his is that our baptism was kind of like a funeral service. It's a point in our spiritual progression where we decide that we're going to bury the old person, put them to death. And in putting that old self to death, we allow God to raise up something new. He raises us up to walk in a new life. In Colossians, Paul says, to be a new creation. It's interesting to note here that Paul gives God credit for the work that happened in Jesus' resurrection and what happens in our baptism. It's not our human effort trying to accomplish a task to compel God to save us. It's an act of humble submission where God does the work to us when we surrender to him. And so in order to show us what our surrender should look like. He uses the death of Jesus to make his point. One, he lets us know that Jesus died to show us that death had no control over us. Verse 9 said, we know that Christ being raised from the dead will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. When we surrender to God and experience a death, burial, and resurrection— when we let God raise up something new in us, we no longer have to be controlled by death or a fear of death. We can actually eagerly anticipate it because we know that it is our passage into eternity. Also, Jesus died to put away sin. Verse 10 says, For the death he died, he died once to sin, once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. Jesus died to put away sin. So when our old self dies, it's to put away sin. 
Also in verse 10, he mentioned that after Jesus died, he was raised to new life, and now he lives for God. Our surrender to God, our death of the old self, is so that we can now live a life for God. That's not a life of sin, but a life of humble obedience to him, of total surrender. And Jesus also died to lead the way for us. Verse 11 says, So you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ. Jesus set an example for us. This is what was accomplished in his death, and it is what God will accomplish in us when we die to the old self and let him raise up someone new. There seem to be three significant points Paul makes here about our death of the old self. In verse 6, he lets us know that that death of the old self is to sin. We know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. Our death to the old self sets us free so that sin won't have dominion over us, so that our desires won't be controlling our decision-making, but God himself will. So our death of the old self is to sin, but it's also for resurrection. In the same way Jesus was raised from the dead, we are too. And in verse 8, he says, now if we have died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. When we're raised to that new life, it's a life that we live to God as obedient servants. Verse 16 says, do you not know that if you present yourselves to anyone as an obedient slave, you are slaves of the one whom you obey, either sin, which leads to death, or obedience, which leads to righteousness. When God saves us through the blood of Christ, he uses that to cleanse us, to clean us up, but it's for his purposes. So he tells us what to do and what needs to happen. That life we're living is for him as obedient servants. And it leads us to our own sanctification. Paul's third point here in verse 12, let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body to make you obey its passion. Sanctification is a word that means to be holy or set apart for God's purposes. Our bodies should be weapons or instruments of righteousness. We shouldn't be using what God gives us, this new creation that we've become for our own selfish purposes, but realizing that God has rescued us so that we can serve his purposes. And Paul says that sanctification, that cleansing, that purification that we go through so that we're prepared for God's purposes, it's fulfilled in our eternal life. In verse 22, he says, But now that you have been set free from sin and have become slaves of God, the fruit that you get leads to sanctification and its end, eternal life. Here in this chapter, Paul has let all of his readers know that if you think Jesus' death was just a get-out-of-jail-free card so that you can continue sinning and there not be any eternal consequences, you don't understand why Jesus died. Jesus died to let you know what full surrender looks like. And when you fully surrender to God, have a funeral service for that old self and let God raise up something new, you are going to live a life for him, which means you live a life free from sin. 
That doesn't mean that we won't make a mistake from time to time, but it does mean that if we fall, we're falling forward because we're trying our best to live a life for God. When we realize we have made a mistake, we'll be quick to correct it and get back on the right path because that's the path that leads to eternal life. Thank you for listening. You can find more of these messages on our website, calirachurchofchrist.org, or subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast app. You can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. Twitter.